ESQs. Cameron Arnold was a settlement. He was from a town outside the city and would repair broken way lines that crossed near the well. It was barely noticeable what he would do. Sometimes it would seem he was just sitting, staring at the bucket underneath the awning of the well. Looking at the side only the terminal instead of the tarmac. It's quite the same if you said so yourself. However, I saw them draw those circles around your eyes. I wondered how long you had to put up with them doing that over and over, especially considering exactly what you had to do for it, since they did that. Being as subtle as he was, there was not even a hair out of place as he would complete his repair. Nothing to signify that anything had changed at all, which is a really good thing for Wayline, since it would not do for them to be anything but pristine to allow the pulses to freely move through them. Tanager, quizzically guessing. Was that a guess? There was an object sitting in the corner of the room underneath a tree at the closet. Of course, it did not seem to really belong there, as it was not a book of any sort and had nothing to do with the ink falling through as pulses rendered the skin immune. Though the tread on it would seek out a forbidden fruit, finding a loose peel to a rough tumbler hidden under a bed of onion. Beta fish, sweeping around the fountain like koi in a pond, not a bit of flight left in any of them, their fins dancing in the water, billows of perfect sovereignty, as if they were the only ones to know. What was to be done about fish in the letter fountain? There was a lackadaisical sense of proposal in the room underground. There was much importance to the propensity and interval at which these things occurred, a shifting sense of pulses, timing themselves up as if the proposal itself had not already yet been run through. Much more beautiful were the dim configurations of pulses lapping through the ray lines onto the roof as if they were pulsing like the first few flowers of spring to foliage. They would move slowly like the sound of ocean waves and sparkle in a million different sequences as if calling the moments of the tree leaves in coordinated sequencing. A few words interspersed between the limbs of the trees, way lines pulsed intensifying with the gravity of their spin. Way lines swaying through the upper bounds of the tree of proposal, mindful to keep clear of the words as they begin to move in the falling pattern. Like seeds of an echinacea flower, each word pointing towards the center of the tree they flow through, the bark cascading as they dissolve. The black and white ancient get themselves stuck as the skin pools part, a few of the way lines near the green ancient's plodding unit, as it lifts the ancient closer to the skin, their arms and legs carefully holding around the way lines as they face each other. They have to perform an alternated version of a mandatory in order to move their bodies away from the key.
grave line. Of course, it's as at first that each of their movements were awkward and unsettling. There really could not have been any way around each way line, and they would have carried themselves as awkwardly as possible, until they were in a place where all the way lines would be down at the ground, where only their feet come in contact with them. A dozen or so brandishing birds, landing on top of the skin, find a moment or two to coo gently into as the dance picks up the pulse towards the way lines, letting themselves down a little lower to meet the pulses from below. As only each pulse knew exactly which way line they belong to. As the words fell into the tree of proposal, a few of the eyes pulled the trunks from a few groves of trees down as if to lower their connection into the hardwood of the tree just below the root line. As the root stretched out, a few took hold of the root of the tree around them, pulling them closer and tightening the weeds before them until the eyes were slightly visible, pulse light pouring through the root, giving the forest bathing of expression after life. As the forest searches for the perfect hunter by eye light, the perfect hunter searched for the perfect vantage point, where the sounds of hoofalees could be heard along the black pines. As they went back and forth, a small patch of their cape was caught in the eye light. Standing for just one moment before letting go of an arrow, they heard something in the reflection of their cape and turned toward the eye light. Away from the town outside the city, the wolf cyclops walked toward the edge of the grassland near the moss bed below the mountain. The wolf cyclops unleashed a set of words across the grassland, standing at the edge of the city, looking out over the grasses as they sway in the same temper as its wool in the wind. Words toward the forest, it were like a highland cows, adorned in sickling grasses, ever present and ever waning, a cool fog untouched by the hills and always drastic. As they move ever closer toward the skin, they break upon the shorter grasses, silvered lengthwise and multiplying in number, thin enough to permeate through the skin as they maneuver into the space between the branches. A density meant not with weight or pressure, but rather a soft divination as if each word would speak to the limbs themselves, as they and the way lines move playfully about their spinning rhythm. With each moment passing, another leaf shaking in the wind as they are stirred by the delicate display like blue tear sedum on a balcony as the sun reaches golden hour. In the city, a group of citizens on bikes roll through the square. As they send their somas to bending gravity's weight, their back tires all float upward as they, one at a time, turn over themselves until they are upright and flying into the skyward shadow of the cephalopod, creating a pool of rippling soma 
They are each set safely down upon one of the cobblestone rows as the rubber of their front tire touches softly, first rolling smoothly as if no difference was to be had as they made their way toward the beachfront properties. I notice we speak to each other quite easily except when there are feelings like jealousy around. Then it is almost like the air is filled with words and when you do not look in my eyes, it is like someone else is throwing their voice into those words to make it seem you would say things I know you would not say. I am really not trying to say this to you. I assume you already know of this negative effect. It helps me to speak this way because I notice now those words clearing away and none of them showing up again, as they have just been lazing about for some time now. Blue explains to Guy, who in return says, Yeah, I saw you brushing flies away from out of your eyes. Just another adorable thing, you know. Guy squeezes Blue's hand as he slightly blushes, looking down completely relaxed with each other's soma in mind. As words filter through their attachments, they find themselves with a sort of residue of each way line forth. A few stray pieces of wool make their way to land upon the peripheral most branches of the trees, avoiding way line. Words like carved initials holding the soft desire, even if storms assail depths, with the darkest cusses upon them. Something heavy, something cruel, something feared and worsened poem, and not yet the smallest inkling of their meaning yet, if only to color the forest in a dream light. If what would be the difference between a dream, a sensation, a fantasy, if only words could tell, but be it not to query over the ancients, bring their hands to the skin to heal the attachments. Even the slightest movement could have a few of those spinning words crashing down like mirrors round a twisted ring. Is bending pink and hearkening softness. As the force begins to release the eyes, light, to hold the plane still as the words cross through the skin. On the other side, multiply, they move like water skimmers, keeping perfect distance from each other as they rise like paper lanterns, each one faceting a different dream or memory. And like that, only the roots of the trees drinking any water falling from the clouds above. Wool, soft, carrying each note upon itself, with each root rising a bit as they slowly fall, barely even the depth of gravity to catch them and holding them in the hardwood, the tree of proposal cools as pulse returns to normal. As if invisible in moonlight, and also as if melting in the sun, there was none except the tire of proposal. The roots of the trees holding strong as the bees begin to join upon the wayline. The perfect hunter found a deer sleeping in a clearing of thistle, lay down its bow upon the ground next to it and sat, returning a few arrowheads to the soil.
Cameron Arnon returned home to find a wine glass full of water, brimmed with the most adorable paper umbrella. Setting down a violet on the table next to it, he sipped as the golden hour sunlight poured through the vertical blinds on the windows across the wooden floors. A heaving sigh and a blue pulse dimming across the room. He smiles knowing he found the last thing he was looking for. Grasslands Without Time is written and produced by Kate Madera, with artwork by Rachel Amber Longo, and music by Human Nature. Have a go first, a gazisi time.